Many districts use interim assessments to get a sense of how students are doing academically. Most interim assessments are normative by design, meaning it compares one student's score with all the other scores in the nation, and then sets growth targets or expectations based on that comparison. But what if I told you that for most students, peer-based growth targets will never be enough to reach grade-level proficiency? In fact, many students reach these targets annually and fall further behind. A criterion reference assessment like iReady is based on grade-level standards. The iReady assessment will set a growth target that's based on the high expectation that all students, regardless of where they start, can and should reach grade level. That, my friends, is stretch growth. And this podcast is dedicated to learning from and celebrating those educators who empower their students to reach their stretch growth targets. Welcome to Stretch Growth Stories, the podcast. I'm your host, Ty Holmes. Today, we're hearing from Linda Danza. Linda is the director of elementary education for Frontier Central School District, which is the district where she's worked for 15 years. Prior to becoming the director of elementary education, Linda was the principal of Blasdell Elementary for 11 years. She's worked in the central office as the director of Pathways Innovation and Assessment. And Frontier has been a partner with our company for five years. I had the good fortune of sharing the stage with Linda at an in-person educator event in New York where Linda shared wisdom and practices that enabled some of the students in Frontier Central School District to reach their annual stretch growth goal. For those unfamiliar, stretch growth is an ambitious goal that puts students on the path to grade level proficiency. And Linda has graciously agreed to share some of that wisdom with you. Hello, Linda. It's great to see you again. Hello, Ty. It's great to be back. Thank you so much. Hey, thanks for for joining us. We really appreciate it. You know, Linda, it's been said that teaching is both a calling and a commitment. The calling need only be answered once, but the commitment must be made daily. So tell us, when did you hear the calling and what keeps you showing up every day? Well, that is a great question. And actually, I will start by saying that education for me is my second career. Um, I had a career in healthcare administration um, before I hung up the career shoes to stay home with my three young sons. And through my participation as a classroom volunteer in their schools, I will tell you I was bitten by the buck and loved working with children. And you could see the impact you had not only on their academic performance, but also, you know, you could change the nature of their day uh, through a conversation. You could make them smile. And over the course of two years as a classroom volunteer, probably more than that, I was bitten and decided to consider having my transcripts evaluated to see, hey, what would be required in order to switch gears here and become an elementary school teacher? So I took a chance, took a risk, went back to school, which I will tell you was scary, (laughs) went back and got the requirements for my teaching certification um, as an elementary school teacher, pre-K 
through grade six, and I have never looked back. I've been blessed with opportunities to teach. As you can imagine, I was bitten eventually by the educational administration bug again, went back to school, got my master's in educational administration, and was blessed to, um, out of the gate, become the principal of Blaisdell Elementary School in Frontier, a position that I held for 11 years before moving into the role of central administration. So my calling, the kids. I love working with children. I love having an impact on their lives. And I'm not talking just academic performance, which I love, but also um, being able to form them and influence them. The relationships I've had with kids warm my heart. I recently ran into a former student uh, who attended Blaisdell, who works in a local grocery store and was excited to share with me that he got into a program in college to become a pilot. And he said he wow. he wanted to make sure that I know. And that, you know, wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. So oh. I think the, the impact we can have on kids, you know, seeing them spread their wings and fly, that keeps me coming back. And it's, you know, thank goodness I, I made the change and became a teacher a principal and and in my current role now where I can have an influence on a whole lot of kids. Wow. Linda, I got to say that is one heck of a love story. Started with your kids, right? Spread to getting involved in their education in local schools and then ended up spreading to educators and students all over the district. That's uh, that it was is a life amazing. changer. Absolutely. It was definitely a life changer. Wow. I bet. I bet. So for our new listeners, again, stretch growth goals are individualized. They are empirically derived and they're designed, as I said before, to put students on a path to grade level proficiency. But they are ambitious. Not all students reach their stretch growth targets, but there were a number of students in your district who did. So, Linda, tell us, what were the the teacher moves and or the administrator moves that helped students reach their stretch growth targets? Oh, I'd be happy to. First of all, this is our fifth year using iReady, and it began at the middle school. The middle school used it that first year and then made the recommendation um, to expand it down into the elementary level, K-5. And we have four elementary schools and one middle school, just to clarify that. You know what? If you think about it, if we're in year five, you know what came within a couple of years of our implementation, covid And I will Mm -hmm. tell you that presented some challenges in terms of trying to have that consistent implementation of diagnostics, the personalized online learning. But we got through those bumps. We got through those little hiccups. And although, you know, at times we had our kids coming in two days a week hybrid, we still stuck to doing the diagnostics. So we had a picture of where our kids were. And, you know, had conversations about data. But you know what? Those were some shaking times. We all know that. We're back on track now for sure. I will tell you the difference with us in terms of why so many of our our students, our percentages of stretch growth were, you know, very pleasing. I think the conversations that occurred with students at the middle school level made a huge impact. We, through our rescue funding, had two teachers on special assignment, one in mathematics, one in ELA, 
K-12 who pushed into classrooms at the middle school level and modeled data chats, one-on-one chats with students about here's why we're doing these diagnostics. You know, kids want to know. And when you explain things to them, this is why we're doing it. There's no way to fail it. We need you to show your best so we know how to help you. I had a conversation with many people who said once the kids really understood what it was and what these goals were, their typical score, the typical growth score, as well as that stretch growth score, um, they were more aware of why they were doing it and what it was for. And they were more aware when we got to that second diagnostic and finally the third one last year, where did they end up? Because as you know, when you finish that diagnostic, you know what your number is. And there was definitely more of an awareness with that. So I think the fact that the data chats were occurring and Artosa's um, modeled it, they really got buy-in from the teachers having those conversations with the kids and they continued. I remember um, one of our teachers on special assignment approached me after one of the diagnostics and said she had been approached by kids in the hallway at the middle school who were excited to share how they had done. And I thought that was definitely a positive. The focus on data and growth, what it is, not only between teacher and student, but among teachers and administrator to teachers. We're having conversations about how our students are doing and critically looking at what we're doing in the classroom to try to be better at supporting all students where they are. I will tell you this year, um, we have a brand new middle school principal, and he changed things even a little bit where we have the two-week window for the diagnostic, but they have designated days where all students are taking the diagnostics so that there's consistency there. And he starts the morning announcements with a message about what, what they're doing, and he really wants them to do their very best and take their time. So we're making some great changes, I will tell you, at the middle school, and I hope to bring some of those data chats. Some of the conversations are occurring at the elementary level, but we would like to expand it down to the elementary level, especially grades three through five. That's that's amazing. And, you know, you mentioned um, these conversations and around the nation, data chats, adopting data chats, it's not always an easy thing. Right. In defense and schools and buildings. I would love to hear a little more about how long it took, you know, especially for some of our listeners out there. Like, how long did it really take Frontier to start adopting data chats? And how did you how did you get buy-in? The good news is to folks listening, last year was really the first year that wow. we started data chats and look at the impact that it had. In one year, the middle school is on year two and the practice continues. I had, I had a great conversation with a math teacher at the middle school who shared that she has her data chat conversations after the first diagnostic and every student has a goal sheet that shows their Mm. typical score and what it means. And they revisit it after the second diagnostic and of course after the third obviously if they're hitting their typical growth after that second diagnostic she's going to t- start talking about stretch growth and what that wow. means she also emphasized and this is important Ty it's important to emphasize yeah. it's everyone's typical growth scores and stretch growth scores will be unique and different to that learner 
And it can't really compare those numbers because they are unique based on where they are. And I think that's important to express to students as well. This teacher indicated that um, there are times if the student goes down a little, they break it down into domains and look for positives where here you went up in these domains. You may have gone down in this. But again, let's talk about our goals for the rest of this next period or going forward for next year. So again, we're pretty new to the game of data chats with students that had an impact last year. We're in year two now. And again, although conversations are occurring at the elementary level, I do want to bring it down and expand it at least to grades three, five. You know, and I think that's really important that you share that, Linda. You know, you're a couple of years into the implementation in the district of iReady. You were doing it even, you know, and, and COVID came right smack in the middle. And you literally just introduced data chats last year, which had tremendous results in your district. Right. Yes. Um, and I think that's important for, for listeners to hear, like, even if you've, you know, been implementing is never too late to embrace the power of data chats and what that can do for your teachers and your students and students like goals and uh, their relationship, if you will, uh, with achievement and with each other. So that's, I think that's phenomenal for folks to hear as we wrap up. Is there any closing advice you'd have for teachers or for leaders out there who are trying to replicate your success? Okay, sure. We all know time is a challenge for all of us. We can always use more time, (laughs) more time during the day, more time during the week, et cetera. But I sometimes think you have to look at small practices that can really have an impact on our students. We're personalizing I ready for individual students when we take the time to have the data mm-hmm. chats, show them what uh, they're going to look like. And then, of course, celebrate when they can see their success, even if it's within particular domains, celebrate their success and really inspire them to continue to reach for the stars, to stay the course with their personalized online learning and to continually try. I think it's time well spent. And I think in the end, it has a real impact on kids. Wow, Linda, I can't think of a a better way to close out than letting our listeners know that taking the time to have data chats is actually further personalizing the experience for students. Make sure to celebrate, you know, student growth in any and all domains, right? Really make sure to, to celebrate that and keep inspiring students to reach for the stars. That's, that's just tremendous. I want to thank you for taking time, for carving some time out of your busy schedule, uh, especially during this very busy part of the year. Uh, to to speak with us and to share your wisdom with our listeners out there. I hope you have a tremendous day, Linda. Thank you. You as well, Ty. Thank you so much. All right. Have a good one. This is it for today's episode of the Extraordinary Educators Podcast. Please leave us a review where you listen to podcasts as it really helps us reach more educators like you and make sure you subscribe. Follow us on Twitter at Curriculum Associ and on Instagram at MyIReady. If you have feedback about the podcast, a topic of interest, want to be a guest or have a question, you can email extraordinaryeducators at cainc.com. This is about you. We're here for you. So until next time, be you, be true, be extraordinary. 
The Extraordinary Educators podcast is produced by Curriculum Associates. Editing by Danielle Sullivan. Social media by At City Hannon. Guest booking by Sari Labaris. Music by Mark Bernstein. This podcast is copyrighted material and intellectual property of Curriculum Associates. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Curriculum Associates and on Instagram at MyIready and send your emails to extraordinaryeducators at cainc.com.